Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell, and I'm by myself right now. I'm in Australia, and um, everything's upside down. Cool joke, right? Really original. So, uh, since we're in Australia, not since we're in Australia, th- things just worked out this way, but it worked out cool. I'm about to tell you what I'm talking about. Nick and I had the honor and privilege of being guests on the Star Wars Explained live stream talking about the Mandalorian chapter 20 today and it happened to work out great because like I said I'm in Australia and time is not exactly on my side in terms of the schedule and when this show comes out when I tend to edit when I tend to publish and everything so we're instead of giving you a full standard thank the maker episode going to give you a portion of the Star Wars Explained live stream, which was super fun, really great. I mean, those folks, Alex and Molly, are just the best. They're, they're such an important part of the Star Wars community. And I, I, I couldn't be happier to be a guest. Nick feels the same way. So we kind of uh, go through our reactions and, and talk pretty in-depth with them about everything in The Mandalorian Chapter 20. And then we figured since we don't touch on everything and, you know, it's not a segment-based kind of thing. It's more of just a, a, a broad discussion. Nick and I would throw a little Den of Antiquities at the end and also give our immediate reactions to The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 14. We're getting to the end of this season, and it's awesome. It's not as in-depth as we would like, but like we said a few episodes ago, we'll we'll get into a deeper recap of the whole season in just a few weeks. So for now, enjoy this live stream audio version of the Star Wars Explained Mandalorian Chapter 20 recap. And uh, stay tuned after for uh, a little breakdown of some Easter eggs, some Bad Batch. And if you're a patron, you can watch the video of of that tail end that we're doing, just Nick and me. So again, Star Wars Explained, the Mandalorian live stream. This is the show. Enjoy. Welcome back to This Is The Show, our Mandalorian after show. I got to say, just at, out out the top, uh, I'm feeling great. Out the top. To, to out the top, right? Off the top? Whatever I want to say. I don't know. Top. I'm feeling so good, I don't know what words are anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
You've been Today, working nonstop. Since and in, in a good way. Like 6 a.m. Yeah, it's been uh, a 12-hour day so far, and it's going to keep on going. But I have been just over the moon the whole day. It felt great. Yeah. Obviously, like, uh, we're going to save our Bad Batch talk for tomorrow. Loved the episode of Bad Batch, but what happened in the Mandalorian episode today just... Uh, I don't remember the last time I've been like this emotional just as a Star Wars fan mm -hmm. for for just about every reason I can think of. Yeah, it's so. it's a good time. It's a good time. And I obviously I, I don't know. People probably know who we're talking about and who we're so excited about, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, let's bring in our guests. Uh, we have two great guests from Thank the Maker podcast. It's uh, we, we were just joking. It's been kind of our, our musical season for guests as well, uh, because we are so excited to have Nick from Bayside and Adam from Story of the Year joining us to, to talk about this episode, Chapter 20, The Foundling. How are both of you? So good. Hello there. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm great. I'm, gr I'm, I'm just ecstatic. <laughs> Adam's in Australia right now. Yeah, Adam's. So it's the morning for Adam. It's, it's the evening for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time is weird. You don't sound Australian. Time's a weird dude. thing. <laughs> you don't look upside down either. <laughs> How you Give going? Yeah, the toilet's going the other way. Um, <laughs> I, it's a, it's a setting on my camera to, to flip it around so you. Guys oh, okay, can, good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I should also point out because Adam's wearing the shirt, but you, you both throw just the most amazing <laughs> Star Wars celebration. Uh, party, Star Wars celebration, celebration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Masha, yeah, yeah. is <laughs> the absolute best. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so it's, thank you for putting those on. It's a lot of thanks fun. Thanks for attending. And hopefully oh, well, we could do yeah. a ton more. We're working on it for sure. Yes. So, yeah, we're doing San Diego Comic-Con this year, and it's going to be bigger and better and wilder and more of everything than the, than the first two. So we're stoked. <laughs> Tickets are on sale. Plugging. Uh, already right out of the way, way yeah go. <laughs> that like I, I needed mosh isley at <laughs> celebration anaheim like it was the perfect break i didn't need the hangover the next day yeah uh, but <laughs> what but it was worth it <laughs> dude i could lost, see it on your voice. face in the in the pictures i could tell that you were just living your best life yeah <laughs> just all the music i love cutting loose the, the next mm -hmm. day everyone in our videos was like why does he have eyeliner on he wouldn't <laughs> let me get all of the eyeliner off of his face he's like it's fine so yeah. just like it, it made it look even worse but we had a great time horses emo <laughs> I slept in my makeup it was great uh well real quick before we get into uh the mandalorian in this episode i have to ask you because you're your first time guests i ask everyone this uh well adam we'll start with you who is your favorite, like lesser known, underappreciated Star Wars character? Who's your glup shido? Someone that you think you could maybe be the biggest fan of in the world? Uh, Keller and Beck. Uh, do <laughs> I do that now? I think uh, you. I think you can. I. I think that's a great the time answer to do that. Yeah. Um, I. Th I was thinking about this a lot yesterday, and then. Um, this morning was wild, so uh, I was distracted and didn't didn't come up with a a less obvious answer. So I'll go with that because today is is that man's day. Today of all days, oh, yeah, for, for sure, yeah. for sure. I like I don't know if it's lesser known anymore. At one point, Cobb Vanth was was for sure lesser known, 
And once you put like handsome Timothy Oliphant, who's also hilarious, who clearly just has everything going for him. Now he's in Star Wars. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that that's my guy. Love Cobb Van. Yeah, he can't have it all. He, but I, he does. Apparently, he can. I know he does. He's, he's also. On his way. I know we were just talking about. I, I brought up Conan uh, before we were recording, but him and Conan, there's like two podcast episodes, and Timothy Oliphant is like the funniest person on earth. And I'm like, oh, great, mm -hmm. sure, sure, mm -hmm. you do have it all. We should get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, we'll find a way. Uh, that he doesn't have it all yet. Once he's on Star Wars Explained, then yeah. he'll have it yes. all. Yeah, the circle will be complete. <laughs> I love both of those answers because, I mean, A, they help us segue right into The Mandalorian. Mm. They're both correct answers. I mean, yeah. any answer is correct, but I, Cobb Vanth is one of my uh, favorite characters as well. And I think Keller and Beck today just, like, jumped to the top just for, like, the memory of today and how it happened. I, I think I'm always going to remember that. Mm -hmm. I love it. So, so let's just jump into Chapter 20, Foundling. Uh Nick, what was your immediate reaction to watching this episode? Um, immediately, I was very pumped. I, I'm really feeling like this fever dream when I'm seeing Bo-Katan just being a Mandalorian at this point. Like, I'm I'm like, what is going on? You know, like, I, it, it, is the armor being, like, totally truthful and accepting? Like, I don't know. So I, I really like their covert on the beach. All of, It's so cool. I loved seeing them train. There was something... I think there were a couple of real Game of Thrones-ish things, including some of the soundtrack, like the, the music in the episode. Mm -hmm. um, so I was getting that vibe. But um, but yeah, I mean, I'm getting to, to Keller and Beck. Uh, it, in a good way, seeing him and hearing his name took me out of Star Wars for a minute. And I, I was just really happy for the human actor named Ahmed Best, you know, and it took me out of a speeder chase in Coruscant. And I was just stoked for him as an actor. I mean, a lot of people aren't going to know who that is. So that's cool. It's just going to go over their heads. Um, so in a Star Wars like community sense, I was really happy for him and for people like us who are just like, oh, my God. Um, but I, I thought the episode was great. I, I'm really like I'm itching for more, you know, what's going on with Bo-Katan and the Mythosaur. And and I truly think that the as the season goes on, the armor and Bo-Katan are going to be the ones at odds. So we'll see. I hope I'm right because I see something going on there. I can um, see that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm curious. Yeah. Did, did either of you watch Jedi Temple Challenge while it was on? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, of it, yeah, yeah. That became like a weird Wednesday night, uh, <laughs> a current reoccurring thing for us. Like mm -hmm. we would have a few drinks, watch this kids uh, kids performance show, yeah. <laughs> game I show, don't know what yeah. game show, yeah. uh, and then we absolutely fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. So it, it was something when they announced it. I was like. Yeah, we'll watch it. Like, I loved Legends of the Hidden Temple growing up. So it was like, we'll check it out. I'm sure it'll be kind of cute and fun. Uh, but the fact that it came out, like, in the height of the pandemic, everything was locked down. And, yeah, it it might have been on, like, around the same time as the Clone Wars. I feel like we did something all day. And then that night, we would be like, let's kick back with a drink. We'll choose a color. I was like team orange, Molly's team blue. And then we would just root for the kids. <laughs> and, and like we watched every episode as a ritual. And like Molly has the hoodie 
and happened to be wearing it this morning in our reaction, which Amazing. was nice. Working out. Yeah. Like just, we had no idea. So that was just, we are genuinely fans of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we did uh, those Halloween costumes. Was that two years ago? It was 2020. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we dressed up as the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Adam, just it, it, it exists on its own plane at this point. I think that in the world happened. between worlds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put it there where it belongs. <laughs> uh, Adam, what was your reaction to the episode? Uh, much the same as Nick's. I, I had, I had one of those experiences, like I've had a handful of times with The Mandalorian and, you know, season seven of The Clone Wars, where I'm just I'm getting goosebumps right now, like. Where I'm, I'm just so thankful. I'm taken out a little bit because I'm just like, part of my brain is just thanking Dave Filoni and John Favreau in real time, like in the real world. And the other part is so deep in the Star Wars universe. I'm, I just keep saying to myself over and over, like, oh my god, they're doing it. Oh my god, they're doing it. I can't. Oh my god, you know, I watched the whole thing like this. Like once it happened, I was just like, <laughs> like I couldn't <laughs> believe. Punch. I saw a Mad Best on screen, like. Oh my god! I just, I was, I was taken out, Nick, like you said, but in the best way, you know, because it is such like a community thing to support that dude and and see him kind of come back from the dead in a way, literally almost dead. I mean, the dude was literally suicidal t- yeah. fifteen, twenty years ago over the Jar Jar thing. So, oh God, I was just so completely overjoyed, and he killed it, and it was like, talk about like. The, the best second cha- chance redemption situation of all time, this dude to play the hero who saves this generation's most beloved Star Wars character. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. one of the most iconic characters of all time. Yeah. And now it's, yeah. it's Ahmed Best there. It's not a digital performance, like mm-hmm. not, not hating on digital performances at all. But like, that's his face. He is kicking so much ass and he yes. is just like protecting light and life. Yeah, yes. technical. God, I I love everything about it. Yeah. D- during I, yeah. our reaction, uh, when he showed up, and as soon as he said that line, "Everything's gonna be all right, kid." Mm-hmm. I started to well up because I was like, "He might as well be saying that to his uh, oh my god past yeah. self," mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and like, point. this is the uh, the ultimate healing experience for him, for mm-hmm. fans of him. It was just beautiful. Yeah. Is, yeah. is this the ultimate? Is this the number one fan service that Star Wars has like ever had? Like, what could be more fan? This is only for fans. Like, my yeah. mom doesn't know who that is. No one, like, so many people do not know who fair. Ahmed Best is. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good point that it is very uh, deeply rooted in so many things. It works on multiple levels because it works on the Ahmed Best level. Mm hmm. It also works for the story. Like if you know Keller and Beck, you're like, yeah, he's a teacher. He dedicated his life to younglings. This is a perfect choice to have him save Grogu. (sighs) But all, and then you keep going and it's like, this is all in a flashback that's been set up by the armor to say like, we all are shaped by our trials and adversity, which I think that's putting it lightly what Ahmed Best went through, but like it fits in with the themes of the episode. It's it's not just fan service, but it, it hits you on so many levels. That's what I felt. So like. many layers. When, when we saw, well, first we heard the name. They were like, "Get him to Kellerin," and Molly and I both go like, "Kellerin Beck." 
I thought of I thought for a split second maybe that was a planet, and then we were like, no, Kellerin Beck. That's that's Ahmed Best's character's name, right? We both just kind of went Kellerin Beck, really, and like kind of perked up, and it still didn't register in my head that like that we might see Ahmed Best on screen until those doors open, and we were like, oh my god, and I just <laughs> felt like all those emotions. All that history as a Star Wars fan hit me at once. Mm -hmm. And like I just started tearing up immediately watching him also be the sabered hand. Like that's his nickname yes. yeah. as a teacher. And I'm like, he's he's so awesome. It's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. I yeah. love that scene so much. Yeah, I I same thing. I teared up immediately and just couldn't stop the whole time. I was I was just like crying for this human being like we keep saying and the again order 66 like they can hit us with it a hundred times and it's still as devastating every time but in this case like uplifting you know because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like by the skin of his teeth just like you know it wasn't like a a lightsaber went by right by grogu's face and you know kind of suspense scary moment it was like it was a a hero's uh hero savior yeah. moment you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh god it was just so good and every time i think about it i just I tear up again that's i've i've been on just the verge of tears all day because i keep <laughs> like yeah. i'm writing about it i'm looking at images from it like i'm basically going frame by frame through to get good screen grabs and i'm just like god this is so so mm -hmm. good <laughs> We're also seeing yeah. like so much more of Coruscant too. Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting to go back there after the last episode and we went back through the same area where that mountaintop is yeah. and we saw even yep. more of Coruscant. Like that that shit looks so so good. Yeah. There was in the tunnel, too, right? That's the uh the shortcut, right? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Anakin yeah. shortcut, right? <laughs> there was be. also just I, I don't remember seeing the temple on fire the jedi temple on fire mm. but there was a, a scene in this you know i think when he was on the speeder um i'm like yeah i kind of forget like how in ruins that was because of order 66 yeah. it was just there was like so many flames uh and just seeing like order 66 as like not so uh focused on a jedi like seeing it spread out into coruscant and become a chase and all this yeah. stuff it's it's like okay yeah. we've seen it in the temple before and now you're you get to see it like kind of spread around coruscant a little bit more which was pretty interesting and how many I, more yeah, of those I, were there how many other chases and stuff you know you think yeah. about like yeah saying, it like gunships are just shooting buildings yeah. as they're trying to shoot <laughs> <Yeah>. jedi down <laughs> avenger style yeah yeah uh that that there was something else i wanted to bring up i, I guess it's just that the extra level of like we talked about Cobb Vanth, that was just a, a very rewarding feeling. Uh, if you read the books and you're like, wait, are they really going to bring this minor book character into this live action series? But to to do that for Jedi Temple Challenge, like I, I also <laughs> think that that's got to be very vindicating for uh, the people who worked on that show, uh, which it genuinely was a very fun show. So, so not just Ahmed Best, but just having watched that and knowing his character from that like he has a great sense of humor i thought he was very funny as the host but mm. then to see him get to be the more serious kick-ass version uh the flip side of just the teacher mm. i thought was great and on so, that yeah. not to not to like just keep going with a med best but i mean as 
as I, you I knew we were going to for a while. <laughs> <laughs> as you undoubtedly know, Liam Neeson talked about how much he loved him when they were shooting the Phantom Menace and how funny he was and how surprised he was that he got all the hate because I think the quote was something like, I thought this guy was going to be the next Eddie Murphy. He was yep. so mm-hmm. funny, so witty, so personable. So it's it's great when, you know, something like that that show lets him do it a little bit, you know, lets him bring out some of that personality. And then, like you said, he gets to be a badass, too. That's yeah. I, I, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of articles written. Uh, I think we even said it tonight. Like, I, I get what people mean when they say uh, redemption for Ahmed Best. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't, th- th- he doesn't need redemption like he didn't do anything wrong i hope this is redemption for the star wars fandom that we right like now we see him and we're like yeah you should have had this love all along yeah and he's getting it now and yeah it feels like justice for him yeah yeah Yeah, that's a better way to put it and we talk about you know when when we first started our podcast and we were really just covering movies and shows and just the the basic star wars stuff we talk a lot about expectations and like Every starting with what Return of the Jedi, probably every single Star Wars thing has like every Star Wars series or movie, comic book, anything has like astronomical expectations that ultimately like almost can't be lived up to at this point. So like as a fandom goes, it becomes this like learning how to interpret and accept Star Wars. Like it really is like a personal thing. Like if you're going to let something like there's probably people out there I assume that are pissed that I'm at best within the episode last night, you know? So it, it really just has to do with like the right amount of expectations, which I still like struggle with here and there, you know, sure. it's like I, I, all we've thought about for a year, and this is a conversation we had going into like the rise of Skywalker or the last Jedi, like who's raised parents, who's Snoke. And then when like, you don't get the answer you want, of course you're going to be like let down a little bit, but that has so much to do with like, you not Mm -hmm. star wars it has everything to do with you so like that's such a big thing with like last night the couple of seconds of confusion that i was like that that's who saved grogu okay you know like but then second watch you know by the end of the episode and then second watch i'm like this is pretty cool this is like a really good like especially with a lot of points you're, you're all making that like he was the teacher of children and all this stuff like it's there's thought put into it absolutely yeah yeah and that's what, like, we we all speculated for two years once uh, Ahsoka said someone took him from the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're all like, Quinlan Voss, like, look at this yeah, insignia yeah. on the wall. Was it Barisafi? Yeah. Did the Bad Batch teleport from <laughs> that one planet to come yeah. save? Like, what? <laughs> that, like, so many theories. And it, it does build up expectations. I never once expected Keller and Beck. I should point yeah. out there were a couple people that tweeted that two years ago, just well, kind of like, yeah, it's wild. Uh, uh, RM Network on Twitter, someone tagged me in a tweet that they sent to us two years ago, and they were like, maybe Keller and Beck. No <laughs> I was way. like, holy <laughs> crap, that's amazing. That's um, like that guy from The Good Place, the one that got it right, that they have framed yeah. Yeah. in <laughs> yeah. The Good Place. <laughs> yeah, he needs to frame that tweet. But like that, I, this is one of the times where we did, I, I built up expectations and speculation and all that, but the answer we got, I was like, this is so much better. And I never would have thought of it. Mm-hmm. I never yeah, would have same. been like, it should be Keller and Beck. Yeah. But I'm just over the moon. Good for so, him, Okay. Man. Yeah. 
I'm I'm really happy about it. We we should probably talk about the the other half of the episode. <laughs> the other two thirds. It's like two thirds of the episode. Yeah. I mean, the show is called The Mandalorian, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, give me the Adventures of Keller and Beck, which oh. I, I I should well, say quickly, we're probably. Oh yeah, I should I should try, show my drawing. I forgot that I tried to draw Keller and Beck. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> on on my whiteboard here but yeah i i had to draw him and i ran out of room to draw the lightsabers but i got a little <laughs> color in there well uh great i job. ran out of time but i also uh just drew my favorite scene <laughs> and so that's uh, okay I, wait a minute that that there i set the bar real low so okay <laughs> i i feel like i ran out of time also and also ran out of artistic creativity here here's Here's my drawing of oh, whoops, Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan dreaming. Where's, where's my camera? Bo-Katan dreaming of the mythosaur, but I just wrote oh. the word mythosaur. I, I don't <laughs> want to draw it anymore. I think I, I've, I have no more to art left to me. <laughs> I've had a challenging morning, so I didn't uh, draw anything, but I had a great idea in my head. I was going to do Jar Jar as Keller and Beck with oh, Grogu, yeah. uh, but Ooh, you know, like it's the thought that counts, I guess. Yeah, It yeah. is, it is. I would, that's I, I I had no time today. I like forgot until five minutes before we started. But <laughs> uh, okay, let's dive into the Mandalorian part of this episode, uh, which still I, I I'm always impressed that I I think they do a great job of tying flashback stories, present day stories together. That yeah, the the flashback, all the all the Keller and Beck stuff was about protecting a child, and and. Same thing for the present day story. We're still about like protecting the next generation, teaching the next generation as well. Um, right at the start, we see Din like kind of putting Grogu into the deep end as he challenges Ragnar Vizsla to, to a duel. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to throw that, that to you, Molly, because I, I know you had a lot of noises to make while that, <laughs> that was happening. I, I was just like, oh. Oh, oh, like it didn't seem fair, but I, yeah, I didn't really know how to feel about Din just wanting to throw him into combat training because it made me think of like, however long he was training with Luke, Luke was probably instilling all of this knowledge about not fighting and not using the force to fight. And, you know, all of that stuff, uh, the Jedi way stuff. So for him, for Din to be the one pushing him to challenge this kid to a fight, I was like, that must be so confusing for him. But I guess he he did choose this life instead of the life of a Jedi. So it's it's tough to imagine what's going through his mind and if he is still struggling with the idea of not using the Force uh, for combat reasons, or if he's like, yeah, no, I'm ready to become a Mandalorian and fight yeah. and get my armor and start talking so I can get my helmet. Those looks that he was giving Mando, there was like two shots of them that were like the looks my dog give me when it, he's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, is that okay? You know, it's like, can I do this? Like there were two, I, I'm still amazed every time I see Grogu that it's the cutest thing I ever saw, you know? And like, <laughs> now you're starting to get like little accessories on him. Like how cute was his little like gauntlet? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like I never even, like his little toy like he has toys now you know <laughs> and i i just 
literally like giddy thinking about his little gauntlet and him i think din was like just squeeze your fist to like shoot the dart i'm like yeah squeeze your little fist grogu it's gonna be adorable. Yeah. <laughs> plus bo-katan being the one to like kneel down and yeah, yeah, yeah. and hook it to his little little hand i was like what are we seeing on tv right now yeah. this is crazy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i thought that was an interesting little dynamic of kind of a mother father situation almost of of yeah. her being like don't don't worry my dad was the same way mm-hmm. and like go easy on ragnar all that that i thought that was an interesting way that they are positioning bo-katan now mm. yo speaking of mother father something just popped in my head as you said that when mandalorians are married and they um do the business Helmets on, or helmets off. on for that too. Oh, <laughs> helmets on or off. Mm. I get like obviously it would be different for uh, Bo-Katan, Satine, like anyone from the Clone Wars era. Yeah. But the children of the Watch, I guess you'd have to ask Paz Vizsla. But yeah. I, I don't know if Ragnar <laughs> is his biological son or his foundling son, yeah. right? Right. Because I mean, I think that uh, Mandalorians, like Din, treats Grogu like that is my son, mm-hmm. and so right. I. I don't know. <laughs> well, that brought That's me a great to great question, Adam. One, <laughs> one of the question. things that I had, one of the things that I had trouble with in this episode was when they're off and around the fire, and Bo-Katan's like, "How do we eat without taking our helmets off?" Mm-hmm. You just go find a, a, a quiet spot off to yourself, and then go eat by yourself. I was like, no. "That is so depressing." I, I was just like taken aback by the idea that that's how they do that. I was yeah. like, yeah, like what's a family sucks. dinner? Does every is the <laughs> is it like a reverse table? Like you sit and <laughs> yeah. face each other, yeah, or face away? I, like what? I'm so all for weird. hopefully by the end of this season. This is why I want the armor and Bo-Katan to be at odds because I want hmm. I want the way to be gone. You know, I want the helmet. I, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I think that's. Yeah. A- <laughs> Something I was thinking about earlier today is that sometimes they say, this is the way, and you're like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they say it, and you're, you roll your eyes. And yeah. I, I love that it it feels to me like I, I, I grew up very religious, so it's the diff- definition of, or the difference between faith and religion where, like, faith is good. It, mm-hmm. it, it At its core, I think it's good, where it just can help people remember to care about one another but mm-hmm. when you get really deep in religion you start to care about all these different weird rules mm-hmm. and so yeah. Paz Vizsla twice I think in this episode said this is the way the first time he was like you get to sit next to the fire because you're the hunt leader mm-hmm. bye this is the way and you're <laughs> like oh Paz what are you doing but then later when his son is saved he and Din share a, this is the way and you're like yes because it's a universal thing that like we should just protect children and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like that, that way, this is the way feels good. But the other stuff, all their helmet rules, like that's what I want to get rid of. Throw yeah. away your rules. Just like be, be chill. Everyone be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the way. That's let's, the way. Yeah. That's going to be the new like saying. How about a 75, 25, you know, like 25% yeah. off. Let's, let's a little work. bit of give. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I, I really, I like the phrase. I think it would be awesome if at some point that covert, they all have their helmets off and they do something sick together Mm -hmm. and they say, this is the way. And you're like, 
there you go the new way yeah (laughs) yeah yeah there's something also very awesome and meta about the phrase this is the way like since the first time that we heard it a couple years ago it's become this like new mantra like it's i use it in texts a dozen times a day Mm -hmm. even with people who aren't really into star wars it's just such a thing now it's also like really cool how it's used as a writing device and this this appeals to to like the uh you know the star wars explained wikipedia kind of like angle on things it's a it's a way to do exposition it in a way that's not just like an exposition dump like if you really were trying to learn like what are the actual ways of the mandalorian like what are what are the rules of the children of the watch they do something din says this is the way and you're like oh well check that one off yep put that on the list i know that about them now and i know this about them and there, there's a favreau just does a really good job of doing exposition in that way where he shows there's a little bit of dialogue with the tag this is the way and he shows things that help fill out that you know wikipedia article just like how how whistling birds work now we know you do the fist thing you know you uh this this is how you eat this is how you do this you know so i enjoy that from like an ocd angle also it's just (laughs) it's very uh it's satisfying yeah i i liked how this everything with the mandalorians there were no real faces you got you had grogu and you had masks Mm -hmm. like that's Mm -hmm. all we got but like it worked because we've gotten used to like paying close attention to the little mannerisms Mm -hmm. that everybody does and like everyone in those suits is doing a stellar job at acting the hell out of these scenes because it's hard when you can't have your face to like use your eyebrows and your eyes to to convey emotion and, and your mouth. And like Bo-Katan did get to take her helmet off once that I just remembered that. But other than that part, no faces. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, there's so much to do. I mean, we talk about, you know, the, the score a lot that helps, uh, you know, portray feeling, but then also whoever the like director of photography or just the director in general, like there's so many like, pushes on you know camera pushes and angles and stuff that are like these subliminal things that really do help where where we're borderline sometimes uh, have we have chills and we're crying and you're looking <laughs> at the screen and it's just a mask <laughs> you know there's no emotion coming at us but it's it's they are really truly portraying the feeling that they want us to all have it's 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 great that's i i was probably still riding off of the Keller and Beck stuff, but when they're pushing in on Paz Vizsla and he's like, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, look at how nice and like appreciative he is. And I was like, wait, he's like, I can't see his face, but I, <laughs> yeah. I still feel that. Yeah. What's cool so- is that that scene, I think the angle is kind of like the camera's looking downward at him just a tad. All the scenes where he's trying to be big and intimidating, the camera's slightly lower. Right, right. So he looks bigger more intimidating plus he's just a huge guy so that's easy for him yeah is that combine that shit in voice or was it ever it was i I think i think it's favreau's voice it still is okay sounds like it yeah yeah credit to the actors for sure because we talk about this on the show quite a bit mask work is like a, a specific acting discipline that is taught you know it's like a theater thing that isn't necessarily standard acting uh you know and you know if you go to if you just want to be like a hollywood actor and you're not 
you're not planning on wearing helmets per se, you may not learn that, but it, it's a skill, you know, to use those little mannerisms to portray, like you said, all the stuff that you can't do because your eyebrows and everything else that we know to look at is, is obscured. So credit to the actors, but like you're saying, Molly, the director, the direction is so huge because those are little subtle things that most people don't understand, but they subconsciously tell us so much about a person's, you know, like the power dynamic in a scene or in a shot. And it's just expertly done. We're lucky mm-hmm. as hell to have this. I just, I can't. And I think about enough. who's actually, it's Latif and Brendan Wayne, like, mm-hmm. like they're stunt people. They, they act with their bodies. So they're, they're yeah. truly like the perfect people for this role. Which and, is so and, glad and, that they're finally getting more recognition. Yeah, yeah and the credits this. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Adam, great point about the direction. Like shout out to Carl Weathers. I am oh, yeah. loving seeing him come back uh, for, for a different kind of episode. Molly like just got it into my head because it's true. In season one, his dialogue, when he delivers lines, it seems like you're getting ready for a theme park ride <laughs> in a good yeah. way. It's just very yeah. over the top and like bombastic. And then his episode last season uh, was like a theme park ride. Like you, you go off the big jump and you're racing through the canyon and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is fun. But I, he got to do s- still a bit of a theme park chase. Uh, but I, I thought that he do, uh, did so much today mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. was just fantastic. Yeah. The only thing I'm disappointed in is the fact that he didn't get to direct the premiere with the giant alligator to, you know, redeem <laughs> Chubbs yeah. Peterson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn alligator bit my hand off. <laughs> Cut Which me down in that? my prime. There was the alligator in this one, though. It was yeah. more of a, like, there's always a bigger fish moment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. The, one of the other things that bugged me about this episode, just the Mandalorian stuff in general, these are, like, little nitpicks, but I was like, why are they still training on this beach? Mm-hmm. There's a giant, <laughs> oct- a giant alligator monster. There's giant dinosaur birds coming to yeah. steal children. Like maybe find somewhere else. To That's train. what I was saying. Like what, who chose this planet and why haven't you left? I love that. They're all just shooting their weapons into the water. Like yeah. just in case that turtle dinosaur comes back. <laughs> yeah. So, so weird. And then uh, we talked about this earlier, Alex, the, the scene where, Din and Paz go off on their jetpacks. And then we don't know how far they actually went, but for the people watching this as a TV show, it happened so quickly. They were like, oh, out of fuel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it felt like they didn't get very far it at all. It looks so like it just they like, went pretty far. What? <laughs> it's we just like something a, you like don't a think clock about. wipe, maybe, as a transition to let us know it, it was a while. <laughs> yeah. It just, in my head, it's Star Wars. So I was like, unlimited fuel. In those jet packs, right. yeah. I never would have thought yeah. <laughs> that. Like, not, oh, I'm out of juice. Not for long distance travel, which is a understandable. Pretty bad. Did they walk so... back though? No, I think Bo Bo <laughs> brought oh, her yeah. ship. I Bo must have picked him up. Well, that, they were that's... already back by the time Where she landed again. Yeah, I was <laughs> I trying know. to work that on my head. I was. <laughs> I had to watch weird. it again. <laughs> Maybe they're solar powered. They just had to recharge, <laughs> yeah, so they yeah. walked back a bit. <laughs> Bo flying around in her gauntlet is one of my new favorite things. Yeah. I love that ship so, so mm-hmm. much. Yes. Like even the inside of it looks really cool. Like where, mm-hmm. where she sits to, to pilot it, but that scene or that, that shot of her in the gauntlet in the sunset with the mm-hmm. dinosaur yeah. bird. 
I was like, this is so good. I love yeah. this ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here's here's a nitpick to end all nitpicks. Ain't no way they fit all those Mandalorians and those three <laughs> baby birds in that ship when yeah. they all came Clown out. Clown car style. Yeah. <laughs> I was relieved because I, 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 when they killed the mother bird, I was like, oh, but those babies are dead. So Yeah, I was so bummed. Yeah. Yeah. In I, I, like they they did a great job of non fatally attacking the creature to get Ragnar back, and I was like, "Good for all of you!" And then the turtle dinosaur got it. But I'm so glad that in a story about protecting the next generation, they were like, "Okay, we can't let all yeah. those <laughs> babies die." Yeah, because yeah. that that's the one nitpick that I've been vocal about. We tr- we try to like keep it fully positive on Thank the Maker, but I'm vocal about being not at all on board with the idea that you have to kill some giant animal who's just trying to survive every other adventure, you know? It's yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> it's just, I mean, Favreau, that's his thing, I guess, you know, kill the beast. And I'm just, I'm not on board. So when that ending happened, it it really it made me feel better about the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that Bo-Katan was the one that was like, here's here's some more foundlings for yeah. you. Yeah. What yeah. do you think so about that? works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I assume by the end of this season, they're going to be riding those things. Yeah, that yes. was another Game of Thrones thing. I was like, mm. at first I was thinking like, oh, we have a mythosaur, you know, eventually we'll have Purgle. I'm like, I, I kind of am like teaming up different characters with animals at this point, just figuring that they're all going to be on them flying around or Boba with a rancor, you know, like I yeah. I don't I don't know who the, the antagonist is, but I could picture this like this almost like Avenger style, like every one of our favorite characters on some sort of animal. (laughs) I'm trying to think of assuming we're building the Thrawn, what he Mm -hmm. could potentially ride. Yeah. Or or he's just like, Oh, I was not expecting this. Yeah. He, he befriended all those Pergil and he's going to ride one. Nah, they don't like him. No way. (laughs) We don't know what happened out there. Isn't there something in a comic or something? I'm picturing him young and shirtless. Is he riding some kind of animal in that? Or was he just standing atop of a bunch of people he just slayed? What am I thinking of? I think you're thinking of the comic uh, adaptation of his novel. Mm-hmm. That's when he yeah, escapes, long right? hair. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's an ATST in that comic. Okay. Which, I think you know, that's what, it's like, which it's like a robot can, animal. Yeah, you can yeah. kind of ride. I guess that <laughs> <Yeah>. counts. <laughs> uh, so while well, we're talking about creatures, uh, that's a good segue into Bo-Katan. Uh, a getting some new armor, which I really liked. That when you saw her shoulder pauldron fly yeah. off, I was like, "Ooh!" I was I was kind of hoping we get a Bo-Katan flashback because that seems to be yeah. just what yeah. happens. I wanted you, the armor <laughs> room to be the new Boba Fett back uh, to yeah. tank. Like every time we went in there, <laughs> yeah. we got yeah. flashbacks. It kind of is. It really clicked yep. in this one. Like every time she starts hitting that thing, it's like, "Where are we going? Yeah. Where are we going back?" I, still I, like, think we'll I assume some... that's metaphorical, but I wonder if it really does have mystical powers to, to transport you <laughs> to your past. Oh, yeah. She said that it can pinpoint weaknesses or something mm-hmm. like that. She's... It's like a like a hypnotism thing. It's like the the, the tea and the spoon you know, taking <laughs> yeah, you to the yeah, second yeah. place. You know, it's the yeah. ding, ding. I mean, really, yeah. what what do we need to know in Bo's past besides like how she lost the Darksaber, right? That's probably like top of the list. Well, that's the big thing. Yeah, it's it's. Nothing that we need to know, mm-hmm. but my parents could yeah, be yeah. filled in on <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. And, and which I, I meant to bring this up earlier, but I, I would be curious to hear 
from someone who didn't know who Keller and Beck was, like if that landed for them or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents called me today while I was in the middle of writing. They were like, how was the Mandalorian? We're going to watch mm-hmm. it tonight. I was like, it was awesome. I'm excited for it about, or I'm excited about it for reasons you will not understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. A good friend of mine, uh, our guitar tech bond who Nick knows as well, huge star Wars fan, but he didn't know he recognized the actor's face vaguely but was still you know still enjoyed it just as much for the order 66 flashback which is always great and then all the mandalorian stuff but he he was intrigued so Mm -hmm. i would guess that that's most people's thing like Mm -hmm. oh this guy was awesome he has to be somebody important so i definitely saw a spike in my killer and beck video from two years ago today yeah (laughs) i went i went in and looked at the comments and sorted by new and a bunch of people were like (laughs) hi from the future uh yeah that that's an interesting idea that like someone would be like "Ooh, who's this guy and then they just watch jedi temple yeah, yeah. challenge yeah <laughs> mandatory viewing jedi temple challenge <laughs> star wars double dare <laughs> yeah. basically guy i wanted to be on that show so bad just <laughs> so like guts me and guts molly and four children <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah just shove them and i'm out of the, uh, out of the way, out of the way. <laughs> kick you kick you no. trip i don't think they would want us to do that though <laughs> all right i got a little sidetracked but i wanted to bring up bo katan and her admission or at least her attempted admission at seeing a mythosaur mm-hmm. to the yeah. to the armor and the armor just being like oh, oh sure you did yeah yeah that's cute honey yeah, yeah. basically right. just patted her on the head yeah when you walk the way you see all kinds of things <laughs> <laughs> which You're, you must be new here that was shocking to me that uh, she brought it up like that. I, I wasn't expecting her to, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that that was cool. <laughs> like she why was just the like, why the armor and not Din? Like why did both right, the armor yeah. and not Din? Yeah, interesting. And it, it kind of t- plays into what you're talking about the, that there could be a power dynamic between them. Mm-hmm. That I wonder if the armor internally is like oh shit oh shit oh shit like there's yeah. a mythosaur <laughs> but she's like yeah. nope you didn't see that you didn't i'm gonna i'll yeah. be i'm just leaving for no total reason. misdirection yeah yeah that's part of the reason why i w- was hoping for some bo flashbacks because i want to see uh first first of all i want to see her dad i think that would be cool to see because she brought him up but i want to see what her life was like back when not she didn't necessarily follow the way, but she was more into the traditions. Mm-hmm. And then I still don't know if it's going to come up all of her stuff with Death Watch, but like that would be cool to see in a flashback if it comes up because it might. That's I, I feel like it should at some point. We, we made a joke today during our reaction that Vizsla said something to her like called her a night owl derogatorily or something and then like as he's walking yeah, yeah. off it's like also uh you knew my dad bye mm-hmm. it's like yeah. yeah has Vizsla and pre-Vizsla are related like he, i would think he would know who bo-katan is yeah but because yeah. bo-katan is like having her world shaken up so much it'd be interesting to see like her some flashbacks to how she used to think and how she was raised because she was basically royalty um, and probably heard a lot of stories about mythosaurs and tales, and maybe was like, "Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it." 
all of that stuff is so interesting. Talking about direction and the way they block things and how they position characters. There's such a there's been such a huge shift in the past episode and a half from her like dismissive sitting on the throne like yeah you and your stupid religion all this kind of crap to you know and, and talking about royalty too she has mm-hmm. this like aware of her privilege yet still feeling like she deserves things kind of privilege vibe to being framed in a way like in in the scene she's she's down lower she's sitting she's got this tone in her voice when she's asking like is it cool if I put the mythosaur on my pauldron? You know, like everything mm-hmm. about her voice and her body language is so different now. I, I, and I don't know if there is going to be conflict or if she's just like now just seeking approval. Hmm. Yeah, and like the, she keeps looking over to the mythosaur skull that they've got hanging in there, but the armor is like in between her and that skull. Oh, yeah. so she's kind of ha- has to like keep looking past like the armor. That. Yeah, like the mythosaur is the she... symbol of like true faith, and you have yeah. the the rule maker yeah. in the middle. Nice, Molly. That's smart. <laughs> well, I, I mean, to, to you know, <laughs> you, to you ex- a, a expound on, expound on like what Molly's saying. I mean, it really before the way existed, the the way like Mandalore existed, right? Like the the way came after, like that sect, that cult came after. So the true leader of Mandalore needs to be riding on a mythosaur with the with the dark saber you know mm-hmm. so so Bo-Katan sees that well she's the only one that knows a mythosaur actually exists and Din is right there with the dark saber so she's like wow I, could, I think I could do this I think the pieces are here <laughs> I yeah. can rule everybody again hmm. we'll see. god they're stacking it up they're stacking the deck yeah. I'm so pumped <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting what they're doing and now that we're halfway through the season, I I, I think that it, it, the whole show has gone, the season has gone faster than I thought it would. I mm-hmm. thought Minds of Mandalore would be the end game. Um, but I, I think things will probably continue to pick up. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm with you, Adam, where I don't know where Bo-Katan is headed. She yeah. does seem a little more like, I, I, I think that she is one of the foundlings of the episode. You have Grogu and Ragnar, but... Also, Bo-Katan is like, how do you eat here? And like, she's being taught basic rules. So I, I kind of see her as being this newbie to the group that is kind of finding her way and, and acceptance. And she hasn't pushed back once. You notice like she's been asking those questions and she's just kind of following along now. And I mean, she, she did lose her she's the last of her line she's Mm -hmm. basically an orphan she just lost her home she has nowhere to go no people so uh, last week i was like is she playing the children is she happy about this but this week i i think that she is feeling some comfort there but i'm hoping that like they find a middle ground Mm -hmm. yeah that she helps the armor chill out but the armor can also help Bo find her her faith and her hope again mm-hmm. when when right. was it that din uh told them told all of them about the fact that mandalore is not poisoned the the air is breathable was that this episode or was the last one that was last week last one okay i keep waiting for that to come back up like for someone to be like can we maybe go to mandalore and check it yeah. out 
it's and cool especially there. now because Paz and Din are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they're going to want to explore that option. Yeah. I think with, I know last season, which I assume it worked as far as like the trailer came out for season two, almost all of the trailer footage was done in four up the first four episodes. And mm-hmm. then we got yeah. wild. Then we got Ahsoka and Luke and all this stuff, you know? So I would assume that same thing has happened. And uh, you know, I'm hoping and assuming that the next four are just like absolutely wild. The you know, only like... trailer shot I can think of mm-hmm. off the top of my head, because I'm waiting for Carson yeah. Teva to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there's another shot or two, but I think for the most part, we've gotten mm-hmm. through the trailers. Well, we've got to go back to Navarro and mm-hmm. see what that oh, fight is yeah, all yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we have to go back to the, or go to the droid bar, which we yeah. still haven't okay. seen. Okay. Molly's yeah. got scenes yeah. off the top of her head. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I still wonder if he wants to, try to get ig11 back which is mm-hmm. what we were thinking a couple episodes ago why he might go to a, dro- a droid bar to find that one part but yeah we see a bunch of shots uh of of all the mandos on navarro on navarro yeah fighting mm-hmm. i assume the pirates come back yeah that would make sense we gotta see that one pirate again right the yeah. kale guy mm-hmm. you don't the bring in guy. oh yeah well, what he... do people call him <laughs> sorry go ahead old Swamp greg thing. Yeah, that was one. Kale Organa. Kale Organa, that's what it was. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Isn't he... um, He's he's being set up to be the big bad in um, uh, one of the kids' shows. Skeleton Crew, yeah. I I read that rumor. I'd I'd be okay with that. A bunch of scrappy kids fighting fighting vegetables. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, VeggieTales meets, um, uh, you know, what do you call it? Power The Rangers. damn movie. The Goonies, there you go. The Goonies, Goonies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, damn, there's another we, thing. Did we miss anything from the episode? I think we've covered everything. Do we want to talk about Ahmed Best for another half hour? I don't well, know. I mean, yeah. bring, bring back. <laughs> there's got to okay. be a reason for the the ship was a Naboo ship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, where do so, we think? Oh, Nubian, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to ask, uh, any ideas about whose ship that is? Because that, that model was phased out, you know, and it's like three degrees of separation removed from whatever you know, what Padme was flying in, in episode three. Would that even yeah. be a royal I think ship? It, I or, think it was or... her episode two ship. I think it was what they took from Naboo to Tatooine. Was that the H-type? That that was a J-type, right? The... Was it a J-type? I think J-type. Oh, God, we're getting into <laughs> it now. <laughs> I think J-type was Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, the long skinny right on like mm-hmm. paper airplane chrome paper airplane style yeah. you know <laughs> that's I, what I've, I only watched the episode once but that's what i thought it was because the of... the episode two one was much wider more like the yeah. sr 71 kind of thing and then her but that's the one at the start of the uh start of the movie but then from naboo to tatooine and tatooine to geonosis they take i think what we saw today okay and then it was in the Clone Wars quite a bit. So I guess it's just like a senator little shuttle. 
something. Yeah, just like hmm. a political or, hmm. or who was a royal senator? Kind of. Who was a senator uh, then? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're seeing oh, a lot of, we're seeing a lot of uh, Binks love yeah. in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, my first thought was maybe Padme had something to do with sending it, but then thinking about thinking back to the scene of her uh, in Revenge of the Sith, seeing the temple on fire and being like. I don't know what's going on, what's going on when she's talking to Anakin. I, I don't know that she would have had time to, to send help in that direction, but Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's she's got nothing. That's but kind time. of perfect. Yeah. Just uh, underwater. This is what oh, that I makes sense. Cause he says, these are, he says, these are my friends. I'm going to take yeah. you to my friends. It has to mm -hmm. be Jar Jar. Exactly. I, I mean, and then we could get Keller and Beck and Jar Jar in a scene together. Yeah. And the I universe mean, rips open. <laughs> the time and space. Time space continuum. The world between worlds opens up. The Mortis gods walk out. Oh my God. And our faces melt. I have not seen this yet suggested, and I like it. Uh, Ooh. Sabe. She's been in the comics and the books a lot. She has too. been in the comics and the books quite a bit. They can still get Kira Knightley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. Yep. She's barely aged. I mean, yeah. <laughs> throw her in there. Ooh, oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Jar Jar too, but my 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 reaction is always like, "Oh, I doubt it." But if you had told me Keller and Beck was going to yeah. save Grogu, I'd have been like, "No, no." Yeah, yeah. Keller and Beck from the YouTube uh, children's show. <laughs> yeah. It's just in the Mandalorian now. <laughs> my money's on on Jar Jar. It, it, at the very least, it's my head cannon. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Gungans in general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm settling down for another two year wait to find out, and then yeah. it'll be something that we never considered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'll be one but of the contestants, one of the contestants from Jedi Temple. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Todd from droids. Nebraska. <laughs> it could be the two droids that were with him. Yeah. I forget what they were called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, my money's on Todd from Nebraska now. That's perfect. <laughs> I think we've covered everything in the episode. Uh, if there's yeah. anything else either of you want to bring up. Uh... I mean, last thing I'll say is you talk about, you know, we keep making the joke like this is the Mandalorian or this is the Book of Boba Fett. Like, what are we doing? You know, and feeling like we're we're doing these major side quests or or, uh, you know, off topic flashbacks. But that flashback was fully about Grogu. And as far as I'm concerned, he is as much the Mandalorian as Din mm -hmm. at this mm -hmm. point. So. I mean, th that this, qualifies. this series and Star Wars love to have like the double title yes. name. So huh, I never really thought about it that way. Like my assumption was always that this series would be about Din starting as a lowly bounty hunter covered in mud, rising to become Mandalore. But yeah, I like that too, that it's also about this foundling that is becoming a Mandalorian. Just yeah. The way this very episode, you could say the foundling is Grogu. I mean, Din was a foundling. Could be Bo-Katan. Could be Ragnar. Yeah. Could be the three birds. Mm -hmm. Like, it could yeah. be anything. <laughs> Last question. What the hell is the helmet going to be shaped like? Do his ears just get smashed down? <laughs> what are we talking they gotta, about? They got to leave room for them to right. come out. Yeah. I yeah. showed this a couple episodes ago. I don't know if I'll be able to get it to focus. But someone made us this custom little figure. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. And his ears Great. are just popping out there. Yeah. They're so I unprotected, think, though. Yeah. That, that's a good uh, way to bring up 
we were talking about getting rid of rid of the way and the helmet rule and stuff. I kind of think that as Grogu builds up his suit of armor, that maybe the helmet will be the thing that breaks Din. Mm-hmm. That maybe he'll yeah. go like, wait, wait, wait. I wait, I can't see that face anymore. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not gonna hide that face. <laughs> yeah. Was this then the that, first time? That the, I had one more tiny and consequential question. I at the towards the beginning of the episode, we saw his like chainmail, like Beskar little shirt. Is that the first time we saw it just sticking out of his robe? Because then when she opened and put that little, what did she call it, a fondrel or something, the just the round piece I of Beskar. Like then we saw the whole shirt, but previous to that, you saw it sticking out, and I was like, I don't think I remember seeing it sticking out. Like I feel like we knew he was wearing it, but we just didn't yeah. see it. We oh, saw it in, the... in Book of Boba Fett, just right, right. barely peeking out at the yeah. top. Pulls it down, he says, "Oh, you got the shirt." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe you can see it throughout this season as well, a couple of times. But yeah, we Molly and I were talking about how the the extra plate seems a little redundant. Like yeah. seems a little flavor flav style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. chain mail and now a big old circle, which I get I mean it's not gonna hurt anything, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna be at least shaped like more of a chest piece, but yeah, yeah. just a big I thought she was making him a little shield, which I was yeah, like same. really excited for because then he could throw it like Captain America. He could still do that. <laughs> uh but yeah, it just like fits right on top of the shirt, which yeah. Okay. When's this kid going to get some new clothes also? Like he's walking around in this burlap sack. <laughs> and now he's got paint now, all over it. Now it's yeah. got paint yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. God, imagine a little like really nicely tailored and stitched Mandalorian undersuit with his little legs. Oh. I'm going to die. Oh, by the way, like just watching him walk a little more, the yeah. way yeah. he kind of like shimmies, Waddles. I yeah. can't handle it. I, I just <laughs> shake my head like literally 100% of the time. I'm just like, I can't believe how cute he is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not tired of it. It's getting cuter. Like, oh. And like, it, I know there's a dude right behind him in a green like yeah. spandex suit just like doing With this. The sticks. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. So cute. <laughs> I did just watch Pedro on uh, Hot Ones and they asked him a question and there are apparently two um, Grogu's like one that has more of like the facial kind of uh, aspect to him and then there's like just more of like a, a puppety one but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I mean did you oh here's another thing did you notice they did make him look a little younger in the flashback oh yeah his, ear, his ears seemed a little smaller he right is even mm-hmm. liller yeah 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 <laughs> so cute <laughs> so little <laughs> did it also seem to you guys like they're they're leaning into the live puppet even for the running stuff like there was a little bit of cg in season one when they would do the wide shots mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it seems like even the flips and stuff like they're just taking the sticks yeah yep and doing this thing you know yeah which i mean you look at luke doing a flip in empire and it's you're like okay sure <laughs> yeah, you just hit the wires. We got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we so, know what's going on. I don't care. Looks amazing. I'm happy. Trampoline about it. wires, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that behind oh. the scenes shot. Just sorry, off topic. When Vader throws Luke through in the Empire Strikes Back, throws him through the big window. Have you seen the behind the scenes shot where the dude does the trampoline flip? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. that was so, <laughs> like one of the coolest behind the scenes shots ever. <laughs> Maybe someday they're going to bounce the puppet off of a trampoline. <laughs> and just, like, just see what uh, happens. Spike Boom. It. Yeah. It's a million dollar puppet. <laughs> At the end of the episode, when, when they get back and like all the other Mandos are like walking over to the, the gauntlet to see what happened, he's just kind of like, 
waddling along and I'm like, someone pick him up. He yeah. he's like, he wants to see what happened too. But that that would just be me constantly picking him up if I were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you look like you need help. Yeah. <laughs> and Papa? a hug and a squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that all the Mandalorians are fully on board with him. Like, yeah. he doesn't look like anyone else there. He uses the force. He is an enemy sorcerer. And they're all just like, yeah, he beat you, Ragnar. <laughs> Fair and square. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, wait, have they seen him use the force? Because those were crabs on the beach. They weren't. It was misdirection yeah. again. I, I guess they could just has. think he's a really good jumper. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, we Strong saw legs. Yoda doing that. So I mean, the armorer knows. Definitely. I don't know if the rest, if other people. Right. Yeah, know, that's right. true. They it's would like, all be like, a witch! <laughs> yeah, part of me thought that the armor would be like, ooh, that's against the rule. That The force is not the way, but she... The, the fact that even she was like, come on in, Grogu, let me make you some armor. Like, that that made me happy. She is a character I keep going back and forth on, where she was awesome in season one, and then she got real into the rules in the Book of Boba Fett, and now I'm like swinging the pendulum back the other way, where I'm like, okay... You're, yeah, you're the just, fact that yeah. the fact that she even entertained a conversation with Din when he came back to be like, "Hey, man, is it cool? How do I get back in the club?" You know, mm -hmm. like the fact that she even let him in the building essentially was some welcomed uh, character growth on mm -hmm. on my end. But it's interesting because I don't know. It's like you said. So it, at some point early on, you feel like she's going to be the ultimate antagonist, but now she. She's just kind of part of, I don't know. She's she plays it's a, an ambiguous a, role, a, a false yeah. sense of security right now. They're yes, yes. Like, yeah. And then it's boom. She's so mysterious at mm -hmm. this point because she kind of is playing both sides a little bit. And mm -hmm. every time you think she's had enough and she's gonna snap, she she doesn't. Like I thought she would. I mean, she did have this one moment where she kind of stopped when Bo-Katan brought up the mythosaur. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, she seemed totally calm about it mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure you saw one. What's the running theory on who she could be? I saw uh, a photo shot Emily Swallow photo the other day with uh, purple hair uh, from the Clone Wars. Uh, Rick Cast is that, that that's a, a popular one because she was part of the Maldalorians. So mm -hmm. the, the horns yeah, yeah, on yeah. her helmet. Yeah. I, 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 maybe. I kind of think it's going to be if it's someone we know, it won't be someone we expect kind of like today. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm thinking she's just a new character. Yeah, that's I that's would prefer my that, but expectation right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool well, show. I, yeah. Great show. Well, Love it. <laughs> thank you both for coming and talking with us for an hour. I know you are about to go yeah. and record your own after show. <laughs> yeah. For Thank the Maker podcast. Oh, go ahead. I on. do want to bring up uh, two super chats. Okay. So, uh, first one was from Maddie Gunner. This is the collab I've been looking for. Much love to Thank the Maker, not just for being in three of my favorite bands, but showing that Star Wars is punk rock and the community they've created. Hell yeah, Maddie. Nice. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for being a patron also. We love Maddie. We're so excited to hang out with him in uh -huh. London. Yeah, celebration. Stoked. A proper uh, Londoner. And then Sean Room with a super <laughs> chat. Just a deep thank you for Mosh Eisley. Uh, it was the best, <laughs> one of the best nights I've had in years. You all are the best. Thank you. Legitimately, 
the best party I've ever been to in my life. That first one. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. Both of them. It was I should, you know what? I'll publicly apologize uh, to Nick for drunkenly <laughs> making my way to the stage in Anaheim and being like, Nick, Nick, can you, can you play Motion City soundtrack? Yeah. <laughs> and you did it. And I was like, Easy. I, thank you, but also I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Apology not accepted. I loved it. <laughs> I was just tired and delirious and drunk enough to be like, I, I'm going to go make a request. It's great. You know, like I I did. I don't think you guys were there, but I did. Uh, Alex Backus from Black Series Rebels mm-hmm. in 2019. We did uh, on the Sunday night of celebration in Chicago. We did like a meetup there and played emo music. It wasn't like. Oh, no, we were there. Yeah. yeah okay. You guys were there. Yeah, so I remember so that. that was like the initial idea. I was like, you know, like I had there was like. 80 to 100 people ish there that night on a Sunday and it was snowy and it was nowhere near the convention. Is it the the nail bar? Uh, beauty called? bar. Beauty yeah, bar. Yeah. yeah. Beauty bar. Yeah. Yeah. So I was when we, you know, thank the maker was a thing already. I'm like, I feel like on a nice Friday or Saturday night in Southern California, close enough to the convention, we could, you know, we, we could have some fun. And I think the first one sold out in like a week and a half. You know, and then yeah. we did one in Vegas that wasn't connected to a convention. It was connected more to uh, the When We Were Young Festival. But me mm-hmm. and Adam were going to play anyway. So we're like, let's yeah. see what happens, you know. And that one, we had even more people than the first one. So, uh, so yeah. And now we have San Diego Comic-Con in July, which should be great. So it's it's fun. It's it's great. The Star Wars community is such a big thing that it's it, it's amazing to find your own little niches here and there. And this is one yeah. that like we're just so happy exists. And and uh, you know, hopefully we could just keep keep letting it grow. Just to fully clarify for anyone who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, <laughs> oh. this party is, is like a straight up Star Wars themed emo night essentially, and. Most people are in costume. I mean, if you just go to at Thank the Maker on Instagram, you'll see pictures of whole crowds with lightsabers up, everyone just like screaming their their lungs out. And it's it's become this amazing thing. And it, it, right away it did at the celebration where people aren't just in costume as Star Wars characters. There's, there's like this new little slice, this new niche, like uh, Nick saying, that is Star Wars punk rock, Star Wars emo, and like the the mashup costumes or outfits or whatever the people are making are their own thing. Now it's like, we, we went from dressing up, you know, like actual star Wars to now our, our Mosh Eisley cosplays or, or, (laughs) or bounds or whatever you want to call it, you know? Um, but it's just, it's an awesome party. And I keep saying this, we just stumbled into this idea that ends up being the most perfect intersection ever of these two types of fandoms where for original Star Trek, you know, original, uh, I said Star Trek, original, uh, well, original trilogy, you off now. That's it. You one strike. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> for, for original uh, trilogy, Star, Star Wars fans, Star Wars is really punk rock. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the fight against the rebellion is a very punk rock kind of thing. And the prequel trilogy is super emo. Like Anakin's the <laughs> most emo person in, in, in history. So, it's just such a perfect intersection of things. And, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't realize that at the beginning, it wasn't calculated in that way at all. We just, it just kind of hit us. It, it was really that night in Anaheim. I was like, Oh my God, look what we did. Like, well, look what we found. Yeah. So 
I'm just I'm stoked as hell that it's working and we're stoked to just keep doing it every, every time we can. Yeah, I, I loved doing my emo dark ray mm-hmm. that yeah. night. That was that was so fun. Yeah, my, my the second one in Vegas, I got a, a Han Solo vest, but I like had pins on it, patches. I put out like black little like spikes and stuff. So I went more like punk or emo, like I had Han Solo pants on. So it wasn't necessarily like a bound or, or cosplay, but it was just more like an in-universe punk guy, a <laughs> Star Wars punk guy. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun. We need to throw, uh, what's the, from Visions, what's the punk rock band? Oh, oh yeah, Star yeah. Waver, yeah. Yeah, we need to throw that in the in the playlist. Ooh, yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> And I, I get compliments on the shirt as well, just from like random people. Mm-hmm. Nice. They're like, what is that? That's cool. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mike Forrester, our boy, uh, Hondo Supply from Armor Party Podcast, who designs everything. He, he's also the unofficial fourth host of Thank the Maker, but he's just such a great designer. And I just, uh, again, I feel lucky that this is happening. It just, the force, it's the force at work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you sufficiently plugged Mosh Eisley, but also uh, <laughs> yeah. quick, quickly tell everyone about Thank the Maker, because uh, I know you're about to go record your own breakdown of the episode, so people can listen to that too. Yeah, Thank the Maker is um, it's an audio podcast at this point. We're trying to make the transition to YouTube, but it's, as you know, a big jump. Um, it's three dudes from bands. It's Nick from Bayside. Uh, I'm from a band called Story of the Year, and Ryan Key the lead singer of yellow card is a third host and it's you know it's a general kind of like star wars breakdown type podcast we've covered all the movies we've covered every episode of every show so far uh minus resistance i guess mm-hmm. but uh either way we um we cover everything day of and when we're off season we we get some great guests we had a uh, um paul sun young lee i guess was the last big one on and it's generally just about you know just like the title says kind of like celebrating star wars and the things we love about it it's not a review show it's not we're not critiquing anything per se you know if there's anything about anything we watch that we don't love we just kind of don't mention it there's enough negativity and crap out there so we just we talk about what we love we share some of our insight as artists and how that applies to you know the creators of the show and um, it's it's a pandemic project that's become like a full blown passion project, and now actually like a little part time job. And we get to hang out remotely, the three of us, and be Star Wars Bros every week. Yeah, it, it really was uh, at celebration last year. The three of us were walking around on the first day pretty early on, and normally people would come up to us and say, "Hey, love your band. Hey, love your band." Literally for the first two hours, people were just like, "Love, thank the maker, guys. Love, thank the maker." And we all just kind of like had a moment where we're like. It's really cool after like over two decades of being a musician and being in our bands and being known for that, that like we got a little community created around like, yes, what we do, but also Star Wars. And it's just it's been so fun. And, uh, you know, as, as Adam mentioned, there's plenty of negativity out there. It's great to be able to contribute to positivity and 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 with my hopes, kind of like almost like teaching people how to have fun with Star Wars again. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's yeah. really you kind of have to be reminded as an adult to how to connect to things that you used to connect to and love when you were a kid. And and it wasn't really our mission statement, but I think it became that is where it's like 
not, like Adam said also, like we kind of just don't mention things that we don't like. Not that we're not critical here and there, but a lot of times people just need to like hear other people have thoughts about something that they don't like in order to be like, this is how I process, processed it. Like yeah. that helped me hear you say that, oh. you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Alex, when we started doing improv, I felt like that helped us out a lot to just yes and Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that would help a lot of other people because the whole idea of improv is like learning how to pretend again mm. and just play and think think on your on on your feet and just kind of accept whatever gets thrown at you. So since we got into improv classes and, and watching a lot more improv. I don't know. Like I just, I, I yes. And everything that gets sent my way that is star Wars. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool. I don't hate it. Some things I might question, but I'm going to yes. And it. So I think that would help a lot of people. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's uh, one of my teachers taught me like it, improv is just learning to use your imagination again. And it's like something that just gets kind of beaten out of you at a certain point. And then just yes. being like, yeah. And even if you don't like a star Wars thing, you can at least look at it and be like, what is it saying? And we can talk about it. Uh, now our dog is barking. But... <laughs> sorry, that's Finn. Finn did that. Sorry. No, it's all right. Like, we understand because Hilo will just uh, decide he's got to yell about something <laughs> occasionally. And he has decided now. Now's the time. That's, I, I, I can't. Like, the weirdest thing about doing this channel is that if I could go back to uh, late high school me and just be like, you know, all these bands that you listen to right now, uh, you're going to hang out with them and talk about Star Wars with them one day. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Why? It's so wild. So You know th why? Because of so the much. internet. And yeah. Be like, yeah. What's the internet? <laughs> Star Wars is truly the great equalizer. Yeah. And I, I say this like unfiltered to fans who I've met through the Star Wars community through Thank the Maker. It can be really awkward being on well either side of the equation if one person's a big fan of what someone else does it's kind of hard to find something to genuinely talk about that isn't awkward as hell if someone's just like i love your band yeah and, you, and you're just staring at each other okay now now what now what do we talk about because i don't want to talk about my job per se so much but star wars it just it levels everything out and the kind of connection we have with fans of our bands who are now patrons who are part of our community who we talk to on Discord and you know we help kind of dissect episodes and, and share our feelings together. It's it's just so genuine, so unforced, and so special. So again, I just I'm just all I'm feeling is is thankful that you know recently and especially the past 24 hours, everything just feels pretty awesome. Yeah, today was a good day. That's how I started yeah. the the video, and I'll say it again. It's really didn't good. have to use my AK. <laughs> <laughs> well uh we will let the two of you go and record your own podcast but thank you again so much of course. thanks for having us uh would yes. love to have you again that was a blast anytime <laughs> cool we are available have a great you have our information well we've had molly <laughs> on the show so alex uh -huh. you got to come on oh yeah. yeah yeah anytime anytime well nick have a Sweet. great rest of your evening adam have a great rest of your day <laughs> and uh, a great tour. it'll be a good yeah. And uh and and let us know when you're in Atlanta. We'll be there um in July with yellow card. Ooh. 
There we go. Different, a different two thirds of Thank the Maker podcast. So <laughs> awesome. I'll right, pitch thanks you again, up. folks. But thank you, thank you both. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Okay, we're back. Here it is. It's just us now. Just two lowly bass players. No famous Star Wars celebrities. No famous uh, YouTubers here. It's just us. Us and our stinking opinions. Our stinky bodies. My stinky undercarriage. Down under. God, it's coming out of me like lava. Mustafar. The, the shores of Mustafar in Adam's <laughs> pants. Oh, the toilet is really taking a beating back there. <laughs> you can see it's that bathroom right there. See, that's where I wash oh. my hands after I have a really demoralizing poop because <laughs> the Indonesian water has wreaked havoc on my undercarriage, my innards. All right, um, let's briefly talk about the Bad Batch and then we're going to get into a short den of antiquities about the Mandalorian and then we'll do some I Love You, I Know and we'll get out of here. Nick, uh, you said you were you were pretty tired when you watched The Bad Batch, so you didn't fully retain it? Yeah, fun to, once again, half asleep, but uh, I'm happy it was a episode that seems to be like the next domino falling in this cloning, you know, trooper kind of thing, like what happened to the clone troopers, that, that much information I retained. Uh, good to see some old faces from last season. And also just in general, Crosshair seeming like he's going to turn back to the batch towards. It seems like that's the direction he's going. We'll see. I remember Wrecker saying like, or it's a trap. So there's, yeah, I think we know that it's not, I guess I can't say that for sure that his like distress signal is not a trap, but seeing crosshair in the episode and what he was going through doesn't seem like he'd be setting a trap so that's that good episode no he seems completely done with the the empire's bullshit mm -hmm. maybe not enough to fully i don't know sending that distress call was was pretty bold but it's mm -hmm. not like i don't know he was blasting people and shit i think he's fully ready to go he's just like yeah he's maybe resigned to his fate there and he only tased the kiwi cloning scientist yeah so he didn't yeah. he killed the the troopers yeah and not her though so that to me is a clue that maybe the running theory that she is also a clone because mm -hmm. she has that distinct kiwi accent yeah could be valid yeah maybe he sees something in her i don't know or the just the fact that she's maybe not kaminoan but you know from mm -hmm. that facility there, there's some kind of like emotional tie there. There's some like, you know, loyalty. So yeah, he tased her. I thought that was tight. 
Um, we got to see Echo again. That was great. Mm-hmm. Gregor, our boy Gregor from, um, you know, most famously Rebels. Yeah, that uh, Gre- Gregor being in that episode did not make the my mental cut. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> I might have, I might have somewhat fell asleep while that was happening. I just caught the voice at first, and I said, "What? Yeah. No way!" <laughs> they were rescuing Hauser, Hauser with the good hair. That I remember. Yeah. How how do you not? Yeah. How do you not see that beautiful man? <laughs> it's the only cartoon I've ever wanted to have um, intimate relations with. <laughs> Same. That's not true, actually. Crosshair. Um, <laughs> Also not talking at all, like mm-hmm. refusing to talk, but not like, oh God, it's just so interesting. Like he just, he just keeps it tight lipped. He's not like actively misdirecting them or anything, but he's like, you're not going to catch them. I don't know where they are playing dumb, I guess. Yeah. And he just sees that like, all right, uh, he's admitting to himself he's on the wrong side, you know, or, yeah. or the side he thought he was on kind of doesn't exist. Like the, the empire right. isn't doing what his, like doesn't line up with his intentions anymore. So, and they also kind of want to kill him <laughs> or like all clones. Yeah. Decommission, I'll say. It's kind of a just survival mode in general. Yeah. I, I think it's undeniable at this point that the Empire is out to shut down, kill, dispose of the clones. And it's not just, you know, they're after the rest of his Bad Batch brothers because they disobeyed orders. It's beyond that. Like the rest of the clones did nothing wrong. They're getting jailed. They're being killed, uh, retired without any regard for them as living yeah. human beings. And it, it does seem like, I mean, I don't know. Decommissioned is one way to put it, but also I think that just they keep a couple of times keep going back to this phrase of like the clones are questioning things. So that's right. probably like pushing the empire to be like, we got to get rid of these guys. They're not getting their money's worth out of the chips. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also, in this episode, get the reunion of Omega and Echo, which she was so pumped about. That really warmed the heart. And watching her pilot that ship with tech <laughs> was <laughs> yeah. so tight. The tech maneuver? Or whatever she says. <laughs> yeah. But she, uh, you notice tech has a lot more expression in his face recently? Yeah, I mean... He's just, he's... Really loosening up? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a, a concerted effort, I guess, as far as animation goes. Since he had that episode a couple of weeks ago with Omega, that, yeah, he's yeah loosening up, like you said. It's good shit. All right, let's move on and talk about The Mandalorian Chapter 20, The Foundling. Didn't, no one mentioned in the, in the Star Wars Explained stream that Dave Filoni co-wrote this. Yeah. And Favreau. You did mention that it was directed by Carl Weathers, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that? Yep, we did. The champ. This, I guess the, the Order 66 part, I, I would assume he wrote the whole thing. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I, in my head, I feel like if Filoni and Favreau are credited, Filoni probably wrote it all and Favreau, like, kind of tightened it up a little bit and vice versa you know like if Filoni's going to be the guy who knows the lore Favreau's going to be the person who know how to like portray it on on film and write it basically so yeah it was great yeah let's do a quick den of antiquities then we'll get into I love you I know and we'll get out of here and I'll go back to the bathroom try to repair my innards (laughs) all right den of antiquities over a thousand generations. It is the dark saber. Oh gosh. It's a Kalikori. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. 
All right. Uh, we're going to keep it short with the den because we talked a lot on the, the stream with Alex and Molly. Something we mentioned, have we mentioned this before that Ragnar, the foundling mm -hmm. who got his helmet recently is Wesley Kimmel, mm -hmm. Jimmy Kimmel's nephew. Yeah. Also the child, this is his second role in Star Wars. He was one of the Tuscan kids. I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah. For Book of Boba Fett. So good for that kid. Yeah. As most people probably know, Tamara Morrison voiced all the clones. That's pretty obvious, but it was cool to hear his voice again. It's just cool to think about the fact that that dude is just working. Mm -hmm. It's working all the time. Super dope. The Naboo guards and the, the ship that our boy Ahmed Best, as Keller and Beck, takes Grogu to. That ship, as Alex mentioned, which I should have just deferred to the expert, that is an H-type Nubian. It's the same type of ship that Anakin and Padme took to Tatooine mm -hmm. to find Anakin's mom in episode two. Mm -hmm. Just like Alex said, of course, should have listened. I'm fully invested in this idea that that's Jar Jar's ship. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's, it could go two ways with Naboo, right? It's, it's yeah. Gungan or it could be Handmaids, which Alex brought up, that it was Sabe. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I love that either way. And, and you mentioned on the pod, like, she doesn't age, so you could easily bring her back and, and yeah. Grogu could just be chilling with those Naboobies. <laughs> <laughs> so that ship, according to Wikipedia, Wikipedia, is a yacht created by the Nubian Design Collective, customized by the Theed Palace Space Vessel Engineering Corps for the Royal House of Naboo. So it would only be Jar Jar because of, you know, his political standing. Representative Binks. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. That's too much for me. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> too much to handle. That'll be, that'll be too much. That'll be the death of me. Yeah. Nick, you put a great thing in here. Bo-Katan's new Mythosaur signet. The eyes of it are night owl eyes. I noticed something. I was mm -hmm. like, man, that's really helmet-like. Yeah, so cool. It's really good. Good on the armor to add that little flair detail. She's an artist, you know? Going back to Kelleran Beck, Amedvest's character. Obviously, Amedvest is, is Jar Jar Binks. Kelleran, like we mentioned in the stream, was the host of the Jedi Temple Challenge. So that's a canon character, even though that was, you know, a, a YouTube series. That's a canon character. And Amedvest also confirmed... This is canon, as far as I can tell as well, that his character in the background in Attack of the Clones in that Coruscant Cantina where they're uh, searching for the changeling with the, the death sticks and the, all that kind of stuff to get a drink, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. That dude in the background is Ahmed Beck, obviously Ahmed Beck's name, Star Warsified. He confirmed that they are relatives, cousins or something. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And there's one more thing, uh, but we're having notes issues. So Nick is going to read this one because I can't see it. All right, and we could thank Mike Forrester for uh, pointing us in the right direction because this is pretty huge. I'm glad we're ending with this. So the uh, dragon-like creatures in this past episode, uh, also known as Shriekhawks, um, if you watch the closed caption, they are referred to at one point as Shriekhawks. So here's where this gets real awesome and real wild. Clan Vizsla, you know, Paz Vizsla, Pre Vizsla, all of the Vizslas, their signet, is the Shriekhawk, and that's like the emblem of Death Watch. Like if you look at that little, like it almost looks like a W, kind of like scratched claw yeah. W thing. That's either like a meaningless random connection or it's a huge connection that like yeah. Shriekhawks now are also like kind of Mandalorian foundlings. There's just three little baby Shriekhawks. The mama bird basically took Paz Vizsla's kid 
So it's yeah. like Shriekhawk, Vizsla, Vizsla, Shriekhawk, Death Watch, Poketan, Beth- Death Watch. Like there, there's so many like connections there that don't really like lead to anything right now, but there's a connection there. So, I mean, maybe that's the explanation for why they're staying there in, in harm's way mm-hmm. all the time. Like that's just, you know, they live on the edge, Yeah, you know, that's that Shriekhawk life. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. <laughs> that works. All right, let's do I Love You, I Know. I love you. I know. All right, let's hear from the patrons. Thank you, patrons, also, for unprompted throwing the stuff right in the the Discord channel like we talked about last week. That was very helpful when I was completely backwards on my time zone in this (laughs) Australia situation. Yeah. What do we got, Nick? Uh, Nicole Rourke. Favorite Mando moment was Grogu's flashbacks with Kelleran. Uh, the dual saber she loved. Also loved when he gets his new rondel. <laughs> you said uh, his flavor flave. That's definitely yeah. that's the right description for that. Uh, Peyton says order sixty six again. That sequence is absolutely incredible. Ahmed dual wielding, surviving, seeing the city, the Naboo guards, and the ship. More welcome tears on the way to work. On the way to work, you're watching that while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. Safety first. Come on, pull over. <laughs> Darth Annihilus says, a small detail, but one I haven't seen before, the Mandos banging their gauntlets together instead of clapping. Oh, yeah, that was tight. Pretty cool, yeah. We're, we're going to see that at Celebration. Yeah. He said, it reminds me of the way of clapping in ASL, shaking the hands with fingers splayed because it's more visual than regular clapping. Pretty cool. Oh. Pretty cool. Uh, and that's about it from the, the patrons. Thank you, patrons. That's from the Jedi and Jedi Council tiers, by the way. If you want to be a patron, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. It's my favorite website. <laughs> uh, my sites. All right, Nick, how about you? What was your favorite moment or quote or, or uh, scene? It's kind of tough. I, like I, I enjoyed Kalorin. That's cool. Favorite? I just love seeing Grogu. I don't, I don't want to like be a cop out, like cop out. Like every time I see him, I'm just like, I can't believe it's get, he's getting cuter. Like yeah. honestly... The the time more so than any other part of the show, when Bo is putting on his little paintball gauntlet, yeah. is that's when I verbally was just like, I can't. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like in a good way. Like I was like, I can't handle this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. He's got a little gauntlet I can't on. Handle it. And just like his like trepidation and how that's portrayed through the animatronics of his face. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, it's incredible. And there's some stuff that's like obviously puppet work that's kind of goofy that looks a little Muppet-esque like when he picks up some things mm-hmm. and it's obviously just like Velcroed to his hand you know yeah but there's some stuff that just really works like the gauntlet I was like okay this is going to go up to his elbow it's going to be so silly <laughs> but it yeah. fit and Bo-Katan made it nice and tight and it just really worked I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if we're just so emotionally invested that we things just we allow them to work because we want yeah. them to but it did it for me yeah yeah I love him. My favorite moment, though, was I, I could say the whole scene, that whole Coruscant Order 66 scene with Ahmed Best, with Keller and Beck. But I think the moment he came on screen, the reveal, I mean, I know that was that was the high point for me. And then f- from there, it was just like just an adrenaline rush of, oh, my God, what's next? What's next? What's next? And the lead up, it was like so, oh, so satisfying because as the door was about to open... You know, every, everyone watching it was like, okay, this is going to go further than just the door again, right? We're going to see mm-hmm. something, right? The door's going to open, right? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? We're all like the anticipation is just like growing and growing. 
And for casual fans, it probably wasn't the same reaction. But for me, I, I went, oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, they're doing it. I, like, yeah. out loud, like, stood up. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, this is so sick. I was so pumped. And then just, <laughs> like, on the verge of tears, just tearing up the whole time because I had this really, I talked about it with Molly and, and Alex, like, such an emotional meta moment where I was outside of the story, you know, yeah. experiencing it as like a Star Wars community member, but still mm -hmm. in the story, knowing the character, knowing how perfect and meaningful the whole thing was. I, I was just completely, completely satisfied with that answer. Yeah. Would have been cool to be like Mace Windu or some shit, but God, it was mm -hmm. amazing. I'll I'll say this more so now that this is like our more our portion of the show. I I don't think I, I wasn't fully on board at first because it did take me out of the story. Yeah, you know I dig it and I dig it now, especially upon like second viewing. But when I'm in Star Wars, I want to stay in Star Wars, and like that was Ahmed best. You know, yeah. like I I now know. You know, not that I now know, but like coming back to the story and knowing that it's Keller and Beck, and there's more to his story of more so just being a game show host basically yeah. um i'm on board because it's a character that has no story otherwise they could they could fully flush out his character and like and and make him a thing if they need to and and i don't think that's the last we'll see honestly i i think i hope not you know like i don't think a naboo ship was just thrown there for no reason whatsoever i think there's more to that story so yeah I, at first I was not that I wasn't on board, like, no, this is wrong. It was more like really being taken out of Star Wars for that moment and then needing to calm down to come back to Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that, that was just my natural reaction, but I didn't see Ahmed Best and then go on Twitter 10 seconds later and say that Star Wars ruined my life, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> there's a difference there. <laughs> Maddie in the chat says, will Todd from Nebraska be in the next episode? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You earned it, Todd. <laughs> yeah. You're a Jedi now. All right. Uh, well, we're going to wrap it up because I've got some editing to do and I want to go have some um, Australian vegan fast food from Lord of the Fries. Mm. If anyone who works uh, for Lord of the Fries is a Star Wars fan and is listening, I will accept a lifetime gift card to Lord of the mm -hmm. Fries and whatever Lord of the Fries merch you have. Mm -hmm. Thank you in advance. I remain. <laughs> uh, like we talked about on uh, the stream... Mosh Eisley tickets are still on sale. San Diego Comic-Con, July 21st. MoshEisley.com is where you can go to get those. We're going to drop some new merch sometime between now and then. We've got some designs that we're pretty excited about. We've also always got merch at ThankTheMakerMerch.com. Follow Nick and me on social media. I'm at Adam the Skull. Nick is at Nick Bayside. Listen to the other podcasts on the network. You can find them tagged on all our posts on social media. Follow ThankTheMaker on TikTok and Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod. I'm really into making these mashup videos lately. I just did a Terminator one so good. that I spent <laughs> way too much time on for the number of likes and plays it has gotten, but... Uh, uh, it should be taken off, dude. Whatever. I had a hoot. I spent a good <laughs> five hours editing it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. I'm gonna go and poop my pants now. Everyone, thanks for listening. Nick, enjoy your day in Orange County. Thank you. Live in La Vida Loca. Tell Australia I said, what up? I will. <laughs> and until next week, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 
Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible.